She is a spouse of a law enforcement officer, now retired. Years of stress and trauma took its toll on her, including use of deadly force. She's here to tell her story on the Law Enforcement Today show. We're all over social media. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. We're on Twitter. Follow us at LET Radio Show Podcast. And on Instagram, look for LET Radio Show Podcast. Of course, don't forget our website, letradioshow.com. See you there. Connecting from California, we have Linda Seitz on the phone. Linda is the spouse of a retired police captain. They went through his entire, almost entire career as a married couple and went through a lot of things that law enforcement families go through. She's here to tell her story. She's also, her and her husband Brian are Christian lay counselors and leaders in marriage ministry. Their website is peaksandvalleys.life. Before I go further, Linda, thank you so much for your service as well as your husband's. Thank you, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, and quite often we ne- we, we forget to talk about how families are impacted, we, and quite often we really don't have a concept of how the, the law enforcement officer, the spouse, the parent, whatever it might be, uh, how they are affected, but we almost never hear about how the stress, trauma, violence, all that stuff affects family members as well. So I appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Thank you. I'm I'm glad to share my stories. I I feel like um it is a just a different kind of life and lifestyle um that you enter into and sometimes you don't even know that you're entering into a different lifestyle when you're married to a cop. <laughs> well that's safe to say because people ask me, Linda say, Well, you know what you signed up for. I thought I knew. I thought I had an idea from watching television shows, from reading Joseph Wamba novels. I really didn't have a clue of how traumatic and how violent and, and the stress and the adrenaline dumps, how that affects me. I really didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it affects the um, marriage and it affects the family. And you, we just kind of have to keep going on. I mean, I... Um, I can remember one night uh, Brian came home after um, his officer-involved shooting, and uh, he was working LAPD at the time, and it was early 90s, so it was before cell phones. And I, um, he started describing this scene to me um, regarding his shooting, and he had a young, he was a training officer at the time, and he had a young female um boot basically with him that night and she froze and he had to take care of business all on his own. And he was describing the scene to me. And I, 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 I didn't even know what was coming next because at the time there was no debriefing for him. There was no debriefing for me. There was nothing that, um, that I could grab hold of to, to, to be like, how can I get help through this situation when Brian's saying, um, I could be sued. It could be in the news. Um, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. And it's like, it, so you're, you're this silent sufferer at home uh, thinking, okay, well, he'll let me know if this gets too scary. He'll let me know if this changes the pathway for us and our life. And, and so it's just not a nine to five job. It's a job that you carry with you 24 right. seven, because even as wives, we're always thinking about it. 
we're always thinking about how we send them out the door in a <clears throat> bulletproof vest. And the, the, the problem with something like that is that the officer has the maybe training or maybe just the personality to keep going after something like that. And we, we, our feet are in cement because nothing like that has ever happened to us. Um, Brian always calls me so vanilla <laughs> because he's like, I'm so glad that you're so plain, Linda. Like you right. don't get this stuff because you would not want to know what I see on the streets. And I'm like, you're right. I, I would never be a police officer. That's nowhere in, in, in my history would I have ever shown a part of my personality to be like that. However, this life has hardened me. <laughs> it has given me kind of a common street sense that I never would have had um, any from any other type of a husband's job. It's um, and, it, and it's kind of lonely too, because there's a whole, there's not a whole lot of other wives that you can, you can talk to. And, um, and you really don't want to hear them say, well, my husband had to work overtime. So he got home at 7 PM instead of five. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> what I would give to know that he just got home two hours later, you know? It's, so much. Um, we make a, a big deal, and rightfully so, okay. out of shift work, having rotating days off, working on weekends, working on birthdays, working on uh, family, uh-huh. uh, big deals, and missing those occasions. <laughs> and yeah. rightfully so. But I think the big part of what people don't get, and by the way, LAPD was using the term, you used this explaining, or we'll go into detail later on, about a boot. That was a term for mm-hmm. a boot recruit. Uh, we would mm-hmm. use the term rookie or field <laughs> training, someone in field training, things of that nature. But it's the same thing. And many men, and men and men and women have frozen, in my experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes sure. it's the most muscle bound, tough guy. <laughs> and sometimes it's the little tiny female officer. But mm-hmm. everybody has a moment. And sometimes that moment of reaction is very, very short. Mm-hmm. And then they respond. Other times it can be, they do nothing and you're by yourself. One of the things that amazed me is I was of the mindset and the mentality that when, except when really bad things happened, I didn't talk to my wife at the time about what happened. I didn't want them to worry. You use the term vanilla. Oh. I wanted her to, to not be fearful I didn't want her to realize how dangerous life was. And I and I really, I think part of it for me was psychological is that, I, you know, I thought it was just that good. That bad stuff would never happen to me. And if it, if it did, I'd be fine. I was like Joe Supercop type deal. So I didn't talk when I got home. I do remember having a conversation about a shooting that I was involved in. And it was back in the day before we, everybody had cell phones and it was an emergency response vehicle. I called my wife and said, it's going to be on the news. And when she, her initial reaction was she was very angry. And I don't mean that she was mad at me. She was fearful. Uh, a lot of times when you get scared, Linda, do you get angry right away? I feel like you still have that protection over your husband, um, regardless of if he was an accountant or a police officer. So, yeah, you do get angry because you you think to yourself, someone actually wanted to hurt my husband. Yeah. And that's the reality. I, I, I could go on and on. Linda, when people shot at me, 
two things happened. Number one, the first thing was I would get really angry, almost like a, a very primordial type anger. It wasn't something that we see in, in normal civilization or civilized life. Secondly, it's like, you don't even know me. Why are you trying to kill me? I, I, I don't get it. Uh, and it wasn't personal. It was because I was a police officer in uniform. That's why. Yes, yes. And because of that, we kept ourselves very private and kind of quiet. Um, our neighbors knew that he was a cop, but really beyond that, it was, uh, he's a trash man yeah, <laughs> or something like that. We you know? would say that quite um, often, taking out solid human waste. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're turning our conversation with Linda Seitz in just a few moments. Her husband, a career police officer, retired a captain. She's going to talk about how the trauma officer-involved shootings, the daily stress of a law enforcement officer impacted her and her family and her relationship and more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there's only one show like ours, the Law Enforcement Today radio show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. When you get there, click like and follow. I am Meg Marie O'Rourke from Harmony with Food. Do you ever wonder what foods you should or should not be consuming based on your own unique needs? At Harmony with Food, we are now able to determine exactly what foods we should or should not be consuming through advanced testing. Test, don't guess is the motto at Harmony with Food's BioUnique Boutique program. It has never been easier than now to determine what food, drinks, and supplements you need for your individualized needs. Head over to HarmonyWithFood.com and click on the testing tab. Return to our conversation with Linda Seitz on the Law Enforcement Today show. Her husband, Brian, is a retired police captain, and uh, they went through in their marriage, in his career, officer-involved shootings, other trauma, other stress, and we're here to talk about her experience as the spouse of a law enforcement officer. Linda, earlier you kind of alluded to the fact that uh, your husband, when he was with LAPD, he had a boot, which was a rookie, with him, and that person froze, and he wound up having to handle the situation on himself, all of them by himself, and it became a deadly use of force scenario. Am I correct? Yes, it did. Yeah. And it changed um, both of us. It changed um, the way he, when he came home and described it to me, <clears throat> I found out years later that I didn't react appropriately. <laughs> that I didn't um, say the words that he was waiting to hear, that I didn't, um, that I asked too many questions too quickly. Um, and I had no... By the way, can uh, I say this? I hate when people ask me too many questions quickly. I hate that. <laughs> My wife now will tell you, I start getting very short. And it's got nothing to do. It's like, what's in a crock pot? Don't ask me a lot of questions I can't answer. A crock pot. That's awesome. Well, as a young mom with three kids, I was... Speedy. Like I needed to know the answers. I wanted all the details and I wanted to know what I was dealing with. And apparently, yeah, I didn't find out till years later that I didn't do that well. And because of that, our communication <clears throat> really suffered because he stopped communicating what was happening at work. Um, and real quick, like one day at a Christmas party, uh, uh, all the guys were, were around and we were all having a drink and, and they said, Hey, Hey, Brian, uh, tell Linda about that, uh, you know, situation you had at XYZ. And, 
and his eyes got as big as saucers. And I looked at him and I thought, "Uh oh, <laughs> this is a big thing that happened in your department. There's like five guys talking about it, and I, you didn't share with me. And I feel like a fool. Like now, I feel like a fool. I have no idea. And they just assumed that because it was such a big deal that he would have told me. But because of the way that I was responding early on in his career, he tended to not communicate big issues with me because he didn't, he didn't think I understood and the guys at work understood. Right. So that's who he shared with. Well, unfortunately, Linda, there's no way you can totally understand. You can understand the individual. You can understand mm-hmm. your husband, his quirks, what makes him tick, uh, the type of person he is. But you can't really, and I'm not saying it's a negative, you can't really know what happens on the street unless he tells you. And then you still don't know. And the other ones do. But I got to say in your defense, Linda, that I'd imagine there was no book given to you saying, oh, congratulations, welcome to the LAPD family. Here's how you handle X, Y, and Z. Did that book ever get handed to you? Nothing. In fact, you know, I just didn't realize how much he was just going to be a number and how much that the department wasn't really caring for the spouse and family. Um, and it was shocking. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a yeah. bitter pill to take. One of the things that many of us, myself included, when I realized that I was replaceable and the job and the department meant everything to me, but I did not mean everything to the department. They had a job to do. And I'm not saying it's a negative. That's just the way things are. So when yeah. it really hit me, I was devastated. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, you know, through the years, uh, the situations uh, really affected Brian in ways that made him harder and made me harder too. But, but actually that was a good thing because I was becoming stronger. I was becoming more street smart. I was, I was getting the things that I was supposed to get quote unquote. And, um, but there were still scenarios where I felt like I was in fear and he didn't really like to hear the weakness in my voice. I can remember one day (laughs) you'll laugh at this. So California rains, our rain does not go into our soil. You know, you hear about California mudslides, right? So right. when the first rain of the season, our our roads are slick. It's just laying on top of the road with all the oil and all the grease and everything like that. So first rain of the season, I have all three kids in the car. I'm going to school. I stop at the intersection and my van just keeps sliding into the middle of the intersection. And I'm panicking because I'm thinking I'm going to get sideswiped and I've got all my kids in the car. We're on our way up the hill to school. And the kids, of course, are going, cool, mom, that's so cool. I'm like, this is not cool. (laughs) We have to figure out how to get ourselves out of this. So finally, my van grabbed. I got them all to school and I called Brian and I said, Oh my gosh, my van, it slid into the middle of the intersection. I thought I was going to be killed. And he said, well, did anyone get hurt? And I said, well, no, but I mean, this is shocking and scary. And he said, you guys are fine. Just don't even worry about it. Our van doesn't have ABS. So, and I said, what is ABS? And when do I need to get this? Like, do I need to have it yesterday? And he said, ABS is the braking system. We just don't have that in our car. It was an older van. And I said, well, I'm not driving that van again. This is, this is terrible. Like we could have all been killed. And he said, 
no one got hurt. You're fine. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, thanks for reading the situation <laughs> with your wife as a unique situation. I'm which not you did laughing not at read you, it. Linda. I, I could recall. <laughs> look, I've had so many disagreements with my wife, Stephanie. I call her the boss. And she goes, sometimes you just don't, you don't listen. And sometimes you're just not feeling. And I'm like, I want to solve the problem. I want to get on with life. And I can see his point of view and I can see yours as well. Yeah, we have opposite personalities. And I just thought, you know, you can't deal with everything like it's a police problem. Home problems are different and they need your softer side, Um, which he's only just now begun to bring out <laughs> after three and a half years of retirement i'm like okay i'm starting to see like a well, little bit of a softer side like he's good not that he, he found some of that because a lot of people never do and it's you know a comparative thing i don't compare myself to other people anymore because that's not fair to them and it's not fair to me so what mm-hmm. i do is i compare myself to where i was five years ago 10 years ago 50 and while i may not be as, as soft and sensitive and supportive as some people that I know I'm far more supportive and softer than I used to be. And I'm, I'm not the man yeah. I want to be yet, but I'm still working on it. Good job, Jay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm just saying in defending him, it's a, it's a yeah. tough transition. And here's, here's why I get to this. And we'll return to the conversation about the, the, the use of force and the officer involved shooting in a mm-hmm. moment. Okay. When I, I try to solve the problem at home with, police tactics it doesn't work and when i try to solve the problem with the problem meaning my brain it equally does not work as well and the frustration for my now divorced spouse and for me was that that just led to more disagreements more conflict more arguing all that stuff, which led to really bad things. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're talking with Linda Seitz. She is the wife, spouse of a career law enforcement officer, retired police captain. She and her husband, Brian, are also Christian lay counselors and leaders in marriage ministry. Their website is peaksandvalleys.life. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or swampland. Enter contests for your chance to win great prizes by subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign up area. That's letradioshow.com. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. I'm John J. Wiley. We're turning our conversation with Linda Seitz on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Linda is a wife of a career law enforcement officer, retired police captain Brian Seitz. She and Brian are Christian lay counselors and leaders in marriage ministry. Their website is peaksandvalleys.life. Linda, thanks for taking the time to talk about this. And I want to go back to that that use of force, officer involved shooting. By the way, back in the day, I'm sure Brian probably attested to this. We didn't call them officer involved shootings. We just called them shootings. 
And th- right. that was it. Officer-involved shootings is something, I don't know when it came about, but I was in four in a little over 11 yeah. years. And the first two, I never fired a shot back. The second two were long drawn on affairs and every one of them left a, a, a scar on me, both physically and one of them, and also mentally and emotionally. And by the way, all the people that were killed and died and took their last breaths in front of you, all that took a toll as well. And I'm sure that's the mm-hmm. case with your husband. Yeah, it was a somber time for us. Um, we knew that someone had lost their life. Um, <clears throat> I knew that my husband came home alive. Um, so it was like, do we do we celebrate or do we grieve? Um, we did both. Uh, but when he was describing the scene in a dark alley uh, with him and the suspect, uh, ended up rolling around on the ground, <clears throat> and the suspect uh, kept trying to reach for his gun. And, you know, obviously I wasn't there. This is his story telling me, but I've got all of this stored in my brain and I can see the alley and I can see Brian and the suspect rolling around on the ground and I can, I can see it happening. And the really trippy thing for me is years later, we were walking down a street in Portland, Oregon. It was, the sun was setting. We had all three kids with us. The, um, for lack of a better word, the gremlins started coming out into the seedy parts of Portland, which we didn't know we were in because we didn't know Portland. And Brian immediately said, okay, you know what? It's time to get head back to the car. He could kind of sense like this is not a place for us to be. And I looked to the right, um, in a alleyway that we were passing. Um, and it was the same light. It was the same alley and it was the same situation that he had told me the story of a shooting so many years ago. And I literally could see it all happening in front of me. And I froze. Um, And Brian and the kids are like, you know, Linda, mom, come on, let's, you know, keep walking. And I I couldn't breathe. I felt like there was a weight on my chest. I um, was looking, every time I tell the story, it makes me cry because I'm looking down this alley thinking, this is real. This, it seemed real to me. Um, and I really, honestly, I did not know what was happening. I, I primarily explained it to Brian, who at that point was already in a different department and was on the trauma support team. So he was explaining to me, you know, sometimes y- your mind will hold pictures of things that you just can't get rid of. Right. And he said, Linda, that's like, I have those, (laughs) but they actually happened. Like I smelled them. I saw them. I heard them. I felt them. I, I was there. Um, and I have those pictures too. And it was really then that I, um, decided that that was a really, really tough thing and a burden to, to hold onto that. I only had one or two or three of those kind of pictures of the stories that he had related to me in his career, but he had thousands of them. And so I feel like it was then that I kind of softened my grip on really, um, you know, and just started communicating with him in a different way, in a softer tone, in a more understanding. Now I realize like why I couldn't question him so much. Like, 
it was really like, to me, it was really the Lord saying like, it's time, it's time for you to really get who this guy is and what he's been through and how to talk to him and how to, how to really strengthen your marriage with your relationship, like how to heal this communication. Um, and I thought it was him and, and really it ended up being a lot a lot of it with me. I, I could, I I could see you saying that. Here's the reality. And here's what I, the, the trap I fall into is when I am not doing well spiritually, when my, my life with my creator is not where it needs to be, I wind mm-hmm. up looking at the actions of other people and I wind up mm-hmm. focusing on them. And it's the one I can't do anything about. For example, what I have control over is my, my mouth how I respond. I don't always have control over my thoughts, but I do have control over my actions. So I think it's a reasonable thing to fall into. And I got to ask you, did you find that this created more friction, more difficulty for you in relating? Because in the meantime, you're also being a spouse. You've got your life and your mother, three children. Mm -hmm. That's not easy. None of that's easy. No, no. No, are you talking about just the job specifically? No, I'm asking, Linda, I'm asking, Mm -hmm. was there a point where you began to change, where you began to feel more friction in your relationship based off of whatever? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, um, I think that began my road to understanding. Um, I was already a Christian at that time, and Brian was not. And so we lived seven years unequally yoked, which means... I was a Christian and he was not, and he had no interest in it. And he was, you know, a hard police officer at that time. Great dad, like um, honest and trustworthy and, um, you know, loyal to me, but still a hard cop. And so it was quite a ride between the time that I came to Christ and, and he came to Christ. And I did some things, like you said, I realize that, you know, when I'm not spiritually sound, I'm I'm looking at other people for yeah. what their faults are. Oh, look, I get and... mad at people driving the cars in traffic, and I don't even know them. <laughs> That's a ridiculous. Here's the, I, I, I got to ask you this, Linda. Do you ever find yeah. yourself watching TV and go, man, I don't like that person. I've never met them a day <laughs> in my life. They've never had any impact on me, and here I'm getting all angry at them. Yeah, there are certain personalities that you're drawn to and certain that you're yeah. not, <laughs> which is funny because um, that kind of is a is a bridge to um, the story about how I tried to make Brian a Christian. <laughs> I tried to like... Wait a second. Find a... Did you think mm-hmm. that you were God? I'm, women are powerful. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I've got two daughters I, and four younger sisters. They're the most powerful people I know on the planet, but they are not God and they cannot make certain things happen. Well, it it backfired on me really quickly when I tried to take him to a quote unquote law enforcement Bible study cup and he sat there for maybe five minutes and he listened and these guys were not were not his guys. They just were not they were not his cops. And he left. <laughs> I walked out the door with him and I was like, What happened? He said, This is pushing me further away. Like if anything you're trying to do, you're trying to do something positive. This is all negative. This is not where I need to be. 
And so um, I learned very quickly to take my own steps with the Lord and pray around Brian, pray that he would have um, even officers that were Christians that he might admire and respect and also listen to their, you know, heart and their words and their stories and how they debrief themselves regarding you know, what's happening on the streets. We're so. going to take a short break. We are talking with Linda Seitz. Her husband is retired police captain, and they are both Christian lay counselors and leaders in marriage ministry. Their website is peaksandvalleys.life. When we return to the Law Enforcement Today show, we're going to take a deeper dive into their relationship, stress, and how it impacted her and the resolution and what to do about it today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts, including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today radio show. Be sure to click like and follow. We'll see you there. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show Return Conversation with Linda Seitz. I'm John J. Wiley. Linda is the spouse of a retired police captain, Brian Seitz, in California. And during his career, uh, went through a lot of things a lot of cops go through. And he also had a, a, a deadly use of force scenario. And we'll talk about that in a moment. One of the things you said earlier, Linda, and it didn't go over my head, was... You celebrated that he was alive that night, and you also mourned the death of the person whose life was lost, uh, which I think is a a right way of putting it, because quite often when people say things like, well, the cop killed someone, that's awfully judgmental in my book, because none of us wants to be in that situation, and none of us wants that outcome. And I got to say this, your husband's story was so similar to mine. It was a, a car thief. And when I went to holster my 38 revolver back in the day, I'm a wheel gun cop. Uh, He came off the ground and we had to fight over my gun and he's trying to shoot me in my face with the gun. And all six rounds were fired and I I thought I sprained my wrist. I had multiple surgeries, multiple steel plates. I was retired at the age of 33. But in that moment, Linda, I realized, and I didn't didn't get afraid because it happens too fast. Afterwards, it's different. I realized this guy's trying to kill me. And I thought to myself, I'll remember this as long as I live. This guy's trying to kill me. I'm going to die, but it won't be tonight. And it won't be because of him. And I will do whatever it takes to survive. Yeah, that's academy training, right? That's it. And, and, and the thing is, none of us wants to be that cat. No one, no one ever sits down. I want to be this kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You kind of forced my hand. And fortunately, he survived. I survived. In your situation, he got hardened a little bit more and you became hardened a little more. And a lot of things that we don't have time to talk about, lawsuits, civil liability, all those other things come into play. 
And by the way, a very real fear for police families is the officer getting suspended and the family losing health insurance. All those things they depend on with kids. You can't have that. You can't. So many things that's not brought up in the news, for sure. (laughs) All the little details that are very scary for a police family. Yes. You began to make some transitions, you said, in your relationship and you personally. Yeah. And we, um, what did you do? Go ahead. You came up with, you said you softened a little bit. You changed your approach. Um, was that a general life thing or was that just with Brian? I think that when I had that situation in Portland, that is what softened me to understand why he might be acting and reacting the way he was um, in communication. Um, so I learned to ask the right questions. And it wasn't that he was demanding it. It was just that it would be more beneficial to our relationship if I just learned that if I only asked one question at a time and it was a, a good question that I really wanted to know and I wanted him to um, be better and me to be better because of it, then, then I would get the answer. And so... I could hit my head against the wall, um, being the wife who, when they come home, just badgering them, uh, which I've heard a lot of, <laughs> or, and I was one of them, or I could slow down, let him take a shower for half an hour, let him regroup with the family, maybe ask him one question, and actually be okay with him saying, hey, I really had a rough day, and I'm still processing it. Is it okay if we talk about that in a couple days? And I had to be okay saying, yeah, I totally get it. I trust that you will do that. And we started to build our relationship that way. I got to defend Um, Brian really quickly. I'm sure he got interrogated that night. Uh, A lot of people don't realize when you're police and you shoot someone, there's a lengthy investigation and you spend time in front of investigators and they ask you pointed questions over and over and over again. And it's very easy to go from communication and a relationship to an interrogation. And I don't know if anybody does well with that. No, they don't. And, um, you know, I've said to other wives, you know, uh, if you come at them quickly in the type of communication that is, they feel attacked uh, who wouldn't just in human nature feel like they have to defend themselves? So it's it's a matter of how how you begin to talk to each other and how you begin to understand each other. But he also had to understand the lonely wife of a po- right. life of a police. Wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there was a dual kind of beginning to understand each other. And how long into your marriage were you at that point? Oh, gosh, I would say probably we're at 34 years right now. And so I would say maybe at year 20. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hate to to spew it out like that. You've been married a long time at that point, which is a major accomplishment. (laughs) But that was also quite a while ago, which is also a major accomplishment. And one of the things I'm really curious about is, Mm -hmm. and I know there's no way to say it in a very short period of time. You went through a transformation. And a lot of your transformation was based off of need. Would you say there was one thing in particular that helped you more than anything else? Well, for me, it's the Lord. I mean, for me, it's my Christianity and and recognizing that there's something bigger than me. There's, um, you know, I can sit on the beach and 
and recognize that I'm just so small <laughs> compared to the ocean that's in front of me and um, just to put myself in perspective. Um, and also to recognize that Brian is one of God's kids too, um, whether he knew, you know, Christ at that time or not, um, that I was to to really recognize that God is my heavenly father-in-law as well as my heavenly father. And so, you know, Brian is his kid. And so just to kind of uh, turn the corner in how I viewed him and, and my perspective on, on him as a human being who had walked through a career that was really difficult for both of us. But yeah, it's, it's really perspective. And um, as I gained perspective, and a lot of people don't want to do this because they say, well, who's going to be first? Well, he should be first. He's the leader of my family. Like he should be the one to treat me well first. Well, it's not, it doesn't always work that way. No, putting conditions on my behavior doesn't work well at all because people are always going to let you down, even the best of us. Mm -hmm. I know that you and Brian have taken your life's journey, the missions and that you, the things you've learned in your journey and use it as a mission to help others. Tell us about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, turned our, we, we used to do lay counseling at a church. We turned that into peaksandvalleys.life because we wanted our own marriage ministry. We wanted to go our own direction and be able to serve law enforcement and Christian marriages. Um, so we began to write our thoughts in curriculum. So we've got um, Rebuild Your Marriage at Home, which is a little curriculum for Christian couples. And then during the pandemic, when the defund the police was happening, I took all my notes together that I had over the years and I put together Officer Involved Spouse because I was hearing from a lot of spouses um, that their uh, officers were all of a sudden not communicating. They were in positions uh, where they were maybe a sheriff in the um, jail but they were pulled out to be on skirmish lines. And so all of these officers and all of these departments were scrambling to put their officers in the right place at the right time with all the riots going on. And a lot of these officers didn't know how to deal with it. And so the the year after that, I was just hearing a lot of downfall. So officer involved spouse has really helped a lot of spouses um, talk about the hard things that are normally swept under the rug. And so uh, we just live to serve. We know that we've been helped a lot. Um, Brian had a lot of mentors who were Christians at the police department and in the later years became a Christian and now is even preaching at our church. So it's, it's a huge turnaround. Um, and I, we just want to be there to serve, really. I mean... It's, it's that simple. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad. And I'd be willing to bet that a lot of people who are not in law enforcement can benefit from this curriculum as well. Again, I, I want to thank you for telling your story. We never get to hear from spouses of law enforcement officers. We rarely get to hear from law enforcement officers themselves. Their children, we almost never get to hear from. One more time, what is your website and social media where people can find and get more information? Yes. Um, we are at peaksandvalleys.life. We're on Instagram most actively at peaksandvalleyslife underscore between each word. 
Um, we offer uh, Zoom group meetings. We offer one-on-one coaching, and we offer our curriculum at a huge discount um, for departments or for churches who want to order uh, more than 20. So, Linda, thanks so much here. for being a guest on the show. I'm very much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, leave an honest review and or rating. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.